Hello everyone and welcome to episode 6 of Building Strength with Theo Lim. Today's episode we got Daniel Ramula, young Ramula in the house, co-founder of BOB. Daniel, say what's up to the people. Hey, how's it going everyone? Um, Daniel Ramula here, uh, just here to uh, you know show some support for Theo. You know, I heard he he had this podcast going on, so I figured I might as well hit him up so we can uh, get something going on, right? So yeah. I'm glad that he invited me on, and I look forward to the uh, next couple of minutes talking about uh, my experiences and uh, hatching out some ideas with him. Yep. So for you for you guys who don't know Daniel, Daniel's um, he's pretty much an icon in the Toronto powerlifting world. Yeah, well, I wouldn't take it that far, no. <laughs> <laughs> he's got the affluent bench press. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In direct uh, opposition to uh, poverty, I uh, I call it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Daniel, tell the people how long have you been lifting? How did you start your lifting career? Yeah, so um, competitively in powerlifting, I've been lifting for about uh, five years now, okay. if not longer. I'd say about six now that I think about it. Um, lifting in general, I've been doing since I was in high school, like 16 years old, yeah. uh, typically lifting for more so functionality and to build strength and uh, more physique more than anything. Yeah. Uh, I made the switch to powerlifting on my third year at university. I was taking kinesiology at York University. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, powerlifting was something I sort of stumbled upon online. Yeah. I was watching a bunch of YouTube videos from a bunch of guys from, um, I think it was at Elite FTS, yeah. and other, other icons of powerlifting like uh, Eddie Cohen, um, and Konstantin Konstantinov from Russia and watch him deadlift. They're That's just, one of my favorite guys. Exactly. <laughs> Those the rounded back deadlifts and everything. So, you know, it cut, cut the story short, you know, so I uh, I got into it um, after my first meet. Um, yeah. I think it was 2011. And then from there, you know, the, the story goes from there. You know, I've, uh, here I am today uh, about to go to my, my third nationals hoping to uh, hit some PRs and uh, have a good time there. So, oh, yeah. That's it, man. So how did you, like, what was your first experience with lifting? So high school gym? Yeah, so in, in high school, um, the sport that I was doing at the time was track and field. I was a short distance uh, runner. Okay. Uh, makes sense because I'm, I'm short and I've got short legs. So Lord knows I get dusted uh, doing long distance. Um, I was fairly good with it um, up until about my last year when I realized my, my height wasn't giving me any advantage whatsoever. Right, right. Um, but in, in that time, I'd say between like grade 10 to about grade 12, my track and field coach introduced us to, uh, weightlifting, not weightlifting, but, uh, strength training in the gym, uh, made specifically for track and field. So we would do a lot of like high velocity lifts uh, with lighter weight, you know, stuff, stuff like, um, squat jumps, box jumps, Mm -hmm. um, you know, high velocity lunges and all that, all that fun stuff. So everything that sort of translate over to a faster turnover and a more explosive pop um, with every stride we took. And, uh, you know, from there, um, after my the end of my track and field career in high school, I got into university, and that's when I sort of made the switch to more bodybuilding type of training. Yeah. Um, so more hypertrophy type of stuff, you know, five-day splits, upper body, lower body, shoulders, biceps, triceps, you name it. I did all that, just like the typical bro workout, mm-hmm. and I was pretty, I was pretty regimented. You know, I, I created my own program. I got some ideas from programs online like Bodybuilding.com, and uh, you know, I made sure my nutrition was on point as well. Yeah. Um, just to sort of, just to date back, you know, in high school, 
I would probably weighed around 110, 115 pounds. Mm-hmm. You know, short Filipino guy standing 5'4", 115 pounds. It's like you can pretty much see through me. I was, that's how thin I was. Um, and then in university when I started my hypertrophy training, I gained about 20 pounds in that time. Yeah. Mostly in lean muscle mass. So that was one of my main goals at the time was to build some mass. And this sort of this sort of references to sort of my history, my past. Uh, growing up, and this is going to go really deep in terms of like psychology and stuff, but <laughs> growing up, I was sort of tormented. Yeah. Um, this, I'm pretty sure a lot of lifters in general or even people who got into strength training could sort of relate to this. I was sort of tormented for my size. You know, a lot of people sort of made fun of me because how small I was. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so like, I didn't really bother me to a point. I wasn't actually bullied, bullied, but yeah. uh, you know, it sometimes it gets to me. Like it, people would make like, harsh comments about me, especially in track and field, considering how, how short I was to, compared to everyone else. Right. Uh, so I found out like, hey, if I can't get any taller, <laughs> might, as get, might as well get wider, yeah, right? Get wider. So I figured, you know, so that's sort of where the motivation came from yeah. through some through some some of the years of, uh, of uh, harsh comments that, that was right. thrown my way. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so that's that's sort of like the history behind it. Amazing. Yeah, man. And now you're hitting, hitting up your third national powerlifting meet. Yeah, third yeah. one, third one. Pretty excited. Um, yeah, so it's out in Calgary, um, 2018. So I think it's what February, tw- February 22nd. I compete. Okay. February 22nd. February 22nd. That's on yeah. a Thursday. So make sure everyone uh, tunes into the uh, the live stream to. Yeah. So to we got five weeks. Five weeks, pretty much. Okay. Yeah, five weeks. So uh, me and my coach, Connor Lutz, out of uh, Regina, have uh, conjured up a pretty regimented and good program to help me peak accordingly for it. Yeah. Uh, I had suffered a bit of an injury leading up to provincials that happened in November. Yeah. Um, I had some uh, tendonitis in my quad tendon. Okay. Um, it's funny. I actually, it happened to me. I got this tendonitis when I was traveling with my girlfriend, May, to Europe. Yeah. Uh, I found out in that trip that my joints and knees don't like cobblestone roads or, <laughs> or uphill walks or, or, or walking for about 10 kilometers a day. So it really, uh, really affected my ability to, uh, to squat as a result. So yeah. leading up to provincials in November, I had to sort of be a little bit more conservative to make sure my, my rehab and my recovery was more so um, the focus. Okay. Um, so now that's, that's out of the way. I'm um, 100% and I'm ready to... Uh, peak and have a good time yeah that's it man okay well let's take a step back because i'm sure a lot of our listeners aren't familiar with the powerlifting world can you give a quick rundown on what powerlifting is yeah so powerlifting is a very basic strength sport it is the evaluation and um yeah the evaluation of um your ability to lift the most amount of weight in three um, categories three lifts which is the squat uh, the bench press and the deadlift in each relift, you have three attempts to make uh, the highest possible um, lift you can make. Um, so they take your best attempt out of all three to create a total. And if you're in a class with someone else or with a group of other people in your weight class, yeah. they, they determine by the, the winner by uh, who lifts the most in terms of total. Yeah. Um, and if it comes to a tie in terms of total kilos, they go to a ratio formula called the Wilkes formula, which determines... Um, determines your your ability to lift the most amount of weight uh, based on your weight. So the Wilkes formula is pretty much the creme de la creme of uh, of 
um, formulas to determine how good of a powerlifter someone is. Right, right. You, you hear a lot of a lot of people throwing their wilks out there, say, "Oh, I can wilk this much, or oh, I can wilk this much." Right. So, that's uh, that's sort of like an identification of how right. how experienced of a powerlifter you are yeah. and okay. stuff. So yeah. Okay. So that's that's powerlifting. Uh, at its at its pretty m- at its basis actually so yeah so we got the squat the bench the deadlift yeah yeah just one repetition each one right, right. so you're one around yeah all right so Dan you're the co-founder of one of Toronto's most well-known powerlifting teams mm-hmm. Band of Barbells yeah B.O.B. hold it down B-O-B. I'm excited we're gonna lift right after this podcast it's gonna be lit yeah pretty much <laughs> so he he said we've you got like a dozen guys usually show up a dozen people usually yeah show up. so so we have uh, dedicated training hours we uh, we run out of the uh, physiotherapy therapy clinic I currently work at called Physiomed mm-hmm. I'm a kinesiologist here and um, we rent out space in the in the weight room um, we started in November 2015, okay. uh, and that was the advent of BOB. And uh, since then, we've sort of advertised and supported the whole team training scheme of, of powerlifting. Yeah. Uh, typically, before that era, when someone thought about powerlifting, you just thought about you know training at your local gym or even in your own garage, yeah. um, because it's an individual sport. Most people consider it to be you know, uh, a sport where you can pretty much just train by yourself right. without the help and support of others. So we've decided to deviate from that typical um, stereotype of powerlifting and create an environment and atmosphere and sort of like a, a community mm-hmm. of lifters um, within our within our walls here at BOB to help support and foster growth, yeah. uh, not just personal and growth, but, you know, growth um, in the community. Um, you know, we give back, we volunteer at meets, we attend other people's meets, and we just try to give back to the community and uh, create an environment for, for growth. So mm-hmm. that's what we do. So we're about two and a half years in, and uh, we've expanded to uh, to a couple new pieces of equipment, competition equipment that allows us to hop, uh, foster more growth and help other people out. So, um, yeah, man, we've come a long way. I started it with uh, my girlfriend, Maine Lehman, mm-hmm. at the time, and... Uh, yeah, so the sky's the limit for us, man. So uh, from here, we hope to one day hopefully open up our doors to more people mm-hmm. in our own facilities. So yeah. that's the goal. Yeah. yeah so man. you'd say like your motivation behind starting BOB was um, fostering community, getting some team training going on. Yeah, get some team training. We found that um, uh, we were we found more success individually. Um, training with people who'd support you as opposed to um, training by yourself at a gym. For example, you know, I might have like a really long day at work. Yeah. I might be stressed out. I wouldn't want to, let's say I don't want to work out. If I'd come to, into BOB in that, with that attitude um, and I started training, I'd know that um, I, always, I can always rely on my teammates to sort of pick me up and help support me through, you know, the hardest of sets and reps and and whatnot. If I were to compare that to the opposite, if I were to go to like a commercial gym by myself, yeah. I'd probably do a set and just walk out and leave because I wouldn't have the motivation. Yeah. So it gives you that sense of accountability as well. Mm-hmm. We hold each other accountable. We hold ourselves accountable to not just show up and and get your workout done, but to show up and support your fellow teammates. Yeah. At the end of the day, we're family, and um, you know we support each other. You know during lifts outside of the gym. We support each other personally as well. If, if you know, we have a personal problem, uh, we'll talk about it. We'll help out as much as we can, and yeah. we uh, we get it done. So yeah, 
that's it. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, man. So you mentioned you've been competing for about five to six years now? Yeah, five, six years competitively. What achievements are you most proud of? Like, what are your the, the lifts that you're really the most proud of? Probably my biggest achievement to date um, in, in powerlifting would be uh, the opportunity I had to compete at the Arnold Sports Festival yeah. um, last year in March. That was the first time I ever competed internationally outside of the country. Um, it was probably the best experience I've ever had, apart from the fact that it, it was my best ever meet. Um, I got a chance to sort of take a peek into like what like elite powerlifting is, because I got to I got a chance to witness phenomenal lifts happen uh, yeah. that weekend. I got to see, you know, Ray Williams break the squat world record with a thousand. I think it was a thousand sixty. Yeah. I was literally like ten feet away from him when he did it. Um, I got to see. You know, people in my weight class, like, uh, you know, my buddy uh, Steve Cassioli from uh, BC, he uh, competed with him and my buddy Jesse Moores um, from Niagara Falls. We competed all together and we re represented Canada. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, Steve came first. I came third next to uh, a really strong lifter, Keith Mahoney uh, from the States. Uh, Jesse came fourth. And I think overall, we like pretty much took control of the meet right. so we represented Canada and you know Canadian powerlifting pretty well and I'm really proud of that awesome. apart from my own lifts as well so yeah. it was pretty awesome man like I it's something I'll never really forget and uh look forward to doing another one hopefully uh not this year because it's too close to nationals but hopefully in the following year yeah yeah hell yeah hell yeah for sure do you have like do you have some numbers in mind that you're really aiming for in this lifetime like yeah, so I think, you know, I can probably die a happy man <laughs> if I can hopefully hit like a 400-pound bench mm -hmm. in my relatively my same weight class. Yeah. Um, I know it's the first thing I always mention is bench, right? Yeah, <laughs> a lot of people ask about bench. And, but yeah, realistically, my bench is my moneymaker. Yeah. Um, does it matter if it's 400 or does it have to be 405? It's got to be 405. Four Come on, man. Right? Four plates, four wheels, man. Okay. okay. If it's going to be 400, it's going to be 405. It's just like putting uh, five wheels on. Why are you going to make it 495 when you can make it 500? Right. Buying the extra right. 2.5, right? So, I yeah. actually had a client. Um, <laughs> I helped him peak and he was getting super strong. Yeah. And he went to max out his deadlift that day. He wasn't with me. Mm -hmm. And he maxed out at 495. Yeah, yeah. And he did it twice too. He wanted to make sure he could do it. Oh, two attempts. Okay, okay. So he did four ninety five for two singles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he sent me the video after. I said, "Why didn't you put the two and a half?" Yeah, on? yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's just a bro thing more than yep. anything, right? So, yep. yeah. So that's that's one of my goals for for bench for squat. Oh man, it's hard to say. Squat's been pretty uh, pretty steady for me the past two years. I'll be happy if I can hit like a, a two fifty kilo. Uh, squat one day, even if it's in a higher weight class. So yeah. that's what five fifty. I'm still I'm still working to get my first five hundred yeah. pound squat. So one day I'll get that. And then for deadlift, I want to hit at least a six hundred deadlift in my lifetime. Oh yeah. Like I don't mind if I have to go up a weight class, and I eventually will yeah. up to the seventy four weight class. But you know, in powerlifting, the sky's the limit. You know, you you you, you reach for the stars. You you strive to be the the strongest you can be, and you you set realistic goals. Yeah. Just because you hit that goal doesn't mean you stop from there, right? The right. sky's the limit. And the one thing I love about powerlifting is there's never enough weight on the bar yeah. <laughs> regardless. Yeah. right? You Let's say I do get that 500 squat. I'm not going to stop there. I'm right. going to keep going and going and going until 
until I don't want to do it anymore, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, okay. that's it. So for the people that aren't too familiar with familiar with Dan, you're in the 66 kg class. Yeah, so I'm in the 66 kilo weight class in the open division. Okay. In powerlifting, there's um, there's a lot of weight classes. Um, I am in the second lightest weight class in the open division. Um, very competitive one as well. Um, in the past, my class has been pretty, pretty. I wouldn't say weak, <laughs> but like um, when I first started out in the, like 2013, 2014, um, there weren't a lot of people in my weight class. Yeah. Um, there was like at a given meet, there'd be maybe, maybe like one or two lifters. Yeah. Um, and when I went to my first nationals in 2014, um, like I won almost by default, just because yeah. like the other guy that competed was like uh, a junior. <laughs> but I, you know, like I ended up getting the highest total. And at that time, I won with like um, was it was it like almost a 550 total and a 430 yeah. Wilk. Today, you know, fast forward six years down the road, and if you if you put up those numbers. At a, at a local meet it's really good but you compare those numbers to what you'd have to do to podium yeah. in provincials or nationals you won't even come close so it's yeah. amazing how how much stronger the competition has had mm-hmm. has has gotten over the past five or six years yeah. um it's amazing it's crazy it's crazy like how much stronger people are now in general yeah than it was like five years ago I think social media kind of plays a factor yeah so it, it plays into just the overall uh, growth in the sport. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, six, five, six years ago when I f- first entered a meet, you'd be lucky to get, you know, 20 lifters. Yeah. Today, people are fighting for spots in meets. Right, like, meets right. are filling up really, really yeah. fast. People are finding out about the sport through social media. Their friends are, mm-hmm. are posting videos about it. And the one great thing about the sport is that it's, you can get into it easily. You don't need specialty equipment. You don't need you know, an exclusive membership to a gym, you can, all you need is a couple of weights, yeah. a barbell, an Olympic barbell and a bench, and you can pretty much be the, you know, any type of lifter you want to be. Yeah. Right? A lot of, a lot of world champions in the past, like in the 80s and 90s, were, were brought up from like a, their own garage gyms. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, and even today, like a lot of lifters, especially from the States, are, are coming up are like world champions like Dennis Cornelius he trains out of his basement mm-hmm. uh who else Ben Rice trains out of his basement a lot of people just train out of their basement yeah. so it just goes to show how versatile the the, the sport is and that's why it has such a good uh, it's, it's got such a large um attraction to it yeah. you can get into it no problem and not everyone needs a coach I mean once you do get to a certain level it is recommended that you get a coach yeah. but um it's just it just mind-boggling how 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 much this sport has grown yeah. uh, exponentially um, not just in in participation and numbers but in terms of the 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 average you know strength of like a, a typical field of competitors it's yeah. it's amazing and it's uh, you know the sky's the limit you know um you know i think uh, i think the sport has a viable chance to maybe one day maybe not in our lifetime but maybe one day you know make it to the olympics right. as an olympic sport uh of course it's got to deal with a lot of other political issues like doping and stuff yeah. so that's an entirely entirely different conversation but uh yeah just just you know the growth of the sport just speaks volumes to me yeah. and everyone else so i'm glad i'm glad i was there right from the almost not the, i wouldn't say the beginning but uh, i'm glad i was there right from the the start of the boom I would call it the powerlifting yeah, yeah. powerlifting boom <laughs> I think I think we spoke about this one time 
Like, I, I did my first meet, my one and only meet, in 2000, I believe it was 2007, 2008. Yeah, even before I did. I had, <laughs> I had no clue what I was doing. Yeah. Like, I just, I had an okay squat, an okay deadlift. Yeah. I was really scared. I I thought they were going to put me with the women for the bench press. Yeah. I was a small kid. Um, but yeah, as you said, like, there were maybe 20 lifters there. Yeah. And 75% of them were wearing equipment. Because that was still like back in those days. Yeah, yeah, it was. It wasn't until the advent of the, the classic division, the IPF, that yeah. raw powerlifting has sort of taken over. Yeah. The populace, right? Yeah. So much more accessible nowadays. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. it's crazy. Um, it's not just accessible, but um, just um, the overall difference in participation overall amongst women as well, the female population. Yeah. Um, when I first started, they'd probably be two maybe three female powerlifters yeah now i swear every local meet i go to there's pretty it's pretty even if not more female powerlifters these days and not just not just female powerlifters but like smaller petite females powerlifters like yeah. pe- the girls who weigh in like around 50 to 57 it's awesome and they're it's, deadlifting like yeah they're deadlifting more than your typical guy in, in the gym and it's yep. amazing to watch right you look at this little petite girl and say man like how is she even holding on to that <laughs> that deadlift because yeah. it doesn't look like it right so yeah. it's it's amazing to watch um these phenomenal feats of strength yep for those of you who've never been to a powerlifting competition i highly recommend it it's super fun yeah, I brought one of my friends who had never been to one before, and he was amazed. Yeah, and he kept looking around. And he's like, "Am I the smallest person in yeah, here?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a powerlifting competition is one of those events where um, even the spectators can start to feel welcome and start to start to feel the over overwhelming feeling of 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 community. Yeah. Um, usually, if you go to any other sport where there's, it, there's intense competition, there tends to be a bit of um, animosity and, right. and negativity amongst like the individual competitors. Yeah. Uh, in powerlifting, um, everyone's supporting each other. Yeah. Even if if you and another guy is battling one on one for top spot, mm-hmm. you know you're always patting each other in the back, wishing each other good luck, and you wish and you, you want them to make their lifts. Yeah. And you'll never find that in any other sport. And it's one of the main reasons why I got so attracted to it when I first started was I, I thought I was I was basing it off the impression that, you know, it'd be more cutthroat. Yeah. When I did track and field in high school, it was super fucking cutthroat. Right. Um, you know, we had like rivalries between schools. Yeah. And we'd get there, we'd be warming up in the track, and I'd be giving like the other guy cut eye of like, I'm gonna freaking smash you yeah. on the track, you know what I mean? So uh, I had that impression going in. And uh, little did I realize that everyone was so nice. Yeah. Everyone helped each other out. Everyone cheered for each other, mm-hmm. and and it, it it shows itself not just among the competitors but among the spectators as well. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm always I'm always a firm believer that you know if if someone's ever on the fence about doing the sport or even competing, all you have to do is just attend a meet. Yeah. And you'll see for yourself. You'll see the environment. You, you'll see the sense of support and community. Yeah. And that'll be that'll be the one factor that'll turn you over to start doing the sport is mm-hmm. just attending one of those meets. So yeah, yeah. I think it's just because everyone who's there, or most people who are there, like they know what it feels like to go for that max effort lift. Yeah. So when someone's grinding out their like third squat attempt, mm-hmm. like you can't help but get into it and help. Yeah, you like at at the end of the day, yes, there are weight classes. Yes, there are placements in these weight classes. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's 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 you versus the weight. It's you versus gravity. Yeah. 
what can you accomplish? Like, what can you physically do to to improve your performance? Yeah. Improve your one RM. Like everyone's always gonna be different. Everyone has different skill level. Yeah. But the one thing I love about this sport is that it's it's for everyone. You know, like y- you can be a complete beginner. You can be you can be, you know, the most experienced guy on the platform. But for me, the person who gets the most out of it will be the one who who improves, yeah. right? Who imp- it doesn't matter if you place or not. But if you the feeling that you get of hitting that PR. And improving from your last meet or from like your gym PR is it? It can't be beat. It can't be beat. It doesn't matter if like, you know, you come last in your in your weight class. Obviously, you don't want that to happen. But if you have a different mindset and you end up hitting those PRs, it's like fuck. I don't care about coming last. I hit it like a ten kilo PR in my squat. Yeah. That's sick, right? So yeah. that's one of the one things I love about it okay. is that regardless of of experience level at, at a local meet. That is. Um, that's one of the things that sort of spoke words to me. Yeah. Obviously, once you get to a more competitive level, like provincials and nationals, that's when placing is more important. Right. But the overall attractiveness of the sport comes from where it started, local meets. Yeah. Right? People just coming in, hitting heavy numbers, and improving themselves. Yeah. So that's where I think the sport grows the most, on the local level. Yeah. Right? And then you get... and then. Over time, you get you know someone who would just compete lo- at local meets get better and better to the point where they compete more competitively, provincials and yeah. nationals, and you know that's when the fun starts to get a little bit more serious, right? So, yeah, yeah. It's, crazy. it's crazy. Yeah. Well, so I looked through your past meet results in the last three years, mm-hmm. and it's crazy. We you need to tell the people like what has you been your biggest key to this consistent progress. Mm-hmm. So as I look like over the last three years. Daniel has put on almost 200 pounds on his like three lift total. Mm-hmm. Like you've gone from 1,200 pounds, 550 kilos to mm-hmm. almost 1,400 pounds. Mm-hmm. Like how how have you been like so consistent with this? Yeah. So I mean, given given the time frame, it's been about three years. My progress has been pretty decent compared to most other you know lifters who have had significant progress and improvements in their lifts. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually um, set back by, uh, I wouldn't say catastrophic, but major injury mm-hmm. to my low back that happened to me just before my first nationals. Yeah. I had a, a posterior disc bulge in my L4, L5, which right. prevented me from deadlifting heavy. <laughs> so I actually had to stop lifting for almost eight eight months. Sure. At that time, I literally, I literally fell off the map. Yeah. Like everyone who saw me power off thing just were like, well, was wondering where the hell did Daniel go? Yeah. And that was that was actually the beginning of the powerlifting boom when when I left, and um, uh, I was sort of I was sad that I wasn't around at the time, yeah. but uh, when I returned, 100% health, um, it was all systems go from there. Yeah. I ended up hitting you know PRs every meet every meet that I went to, successively every meet that I went to all of my like my total would always go up, um, and I made sure that I'd always came up, come in with a game plan for each training cycle. Um, so that that leads me to my the uh, one of the first reasons of my success is is planning first and most important um, planning for the future planning for for what you plan uh, what you want to do come meet day mm-hmm. it's got to come weeks and months in advance yeah. so you know if if you have a meet that you want to do you know six months from now plan See, like set goals 
set goals for yourself in terms of what you want to hit. Realistic, obviously. <laughs> uh, you, can, you can't say you want to add 100 pounds to your squat in like six months unless you're on steroids, but uh, that's a different story. But uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, just you just have to plan, plan way in advance. And this 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 just doesn't come from an experienced lifter. This comes for beginners as well. Yeah. Um, you gotta plan for success. You know what they say, right? Like a failure to plan is planning for failure. Yeah. Uh, the same thing can be said not just for powerlifting, but for life in general. Mm-hmm. You know, you gotta be you you wanna you wanna have that mentality where you wanna have control of the variables and be able to adjust certain things let's say for example you have a bad day and you you were planning to hit you know a heavy single at rp9 you, you were planning to hit that but you, you had a bad day you had you know let's say you hurt yourself the day prior to so what are you going to do to to help mitigate that right so you want to be adaptable as well second thing you want to be able, you have to know how to adapt to certain environments and certain scenarios that prevent you from reaching that plan so planning being adaptable and uh, the third thing is longevity. And what I mean by longevity is taking care of your body. And I know, Theo, you're, you're, a, true, you're a true testament to this because you, you study a lot of this and you work with this with a lot of your clients. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, human, our human bodies are fragile at the end of the day. Yeah. You can't compare yourself to a 400-pound you know, strongman lifting you know, two-ton cars across, uh, across 100 meters. Hey, our bodies weren't made for that. You, you need to train your body to do certain things. And even when you do train your body to get stronger, um, it doesn't mean you're completely invincible. And that's one of the hallmarks of, of failures for a lot of beginning beginner powerlifters and strength, people who train strength is they neglect their, I call it prehab, you call it prehab as well. They, they, they neglect their body, their mobility, and they end up injuring themselves, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, I'm, I've, I was a victim. I was. I fell victim to one of those. To that, I injured my. Uh, I injured my back leading up to nationals, and I suffered for it. Yeah. I had to take a break for a year, and uh, because of it, you know, I'm, I learned a lot. I learned a lot about my body, and uh, I improved from there yeah. to make sure it didn't happen again. Mm-hmm. Now I'm like injury free. No, I do get injuries, but more minor injuries. Injuries that I know I can take care of within a couple of weeks, right? So. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that. Those are the keys to my, uh, my my success. I wouldn't consider myself completely successful. I've made mistakes along the road. Right. I've had injuries. I've uh, missed lifts um, in competition, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, man, there's always room for improvement. Yeah. I'm in no means an expert. Um, I'm always learning, just like yourself, mm-hmm. learning about myself, learning about other people, learning how to coach, yeah. learning how to create a better environment for myself as well. So. That's uh, that's pretty much it, Theo. That's yeah, so my key to success. Planning, <laughs> planning, adaptability, and longevity. Longevity, yeah. yeah. Okay. Those three keywords in a in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you when you hurt yourself, um, when yeah. you hurt yourself, like over those eight months. I was miserable. I was miserable. I thought I was gonna. At first, I was gonna give up on the sport. I said, right. "Fuck, this sport isn't for me. If I'm gonna keep hurting myself." And at the time, I had other minor injuries that led up to it. Yeah. Like yeah, you know, I tweaked my back a bit, but I got back into it, and I tweaked it again to the point where it just it just blew out. Yeah. And that's that's common amongst a lot of people right. in the sport, not just in the sport, but in in sports in general. Yeah. You want to keep pushing the limits until the body can no longer take it. And I thought, mm-hmm. fuck, if I keep doing this. When I'm 60, I won't be able to walk and I might die, right? So yeah. I figured 
I thought I was gonna like tie up my my belt and say I'm done. Yeah. Um, so it, was, it it wasn't until, you know, I I uh, actually got my job here at Physiomed, and I started working with um, a lot of um, regular populations, working with with them to rehab their injuries. That I start to understand and develop an appreciation for taking care of your body um, outside of training, you know, rehab, outside of like rehab stretches and mobility. Mm -hmm. um, It sort of enlightened me physically and mentally as well. Um, And I I, I started being more optimistic about my return to powerlifting. Mm -hmm. And uh, I made an effort to, like I said, plan, plan for my return, plan to get back to my my optimal level of strength before I eventually returned to the, uh, the platform mm-hmm. and I did and um, yeah. I think uh, it's a true testament to someone's will and um, motive not just motivation but their dedication yeah. to not just the sport that you want to do but to yourself mm-hmm. you know you have a responsibility to yourself to to hold yourself accountable for the things you you want to set in terms of goals mm-hmm. and if you don't do that you know, like you're, you're pretty much miserable. <laughs> I, wanna, I don't, I don't want to take it that deep, but yeah. yeah. Well, so while, yeah. While we're on the topic, like, I'm sure a lot of people out there are dealing with low back pain. Mm-hmm. Like, if you had one or two like really big tips that helped you, I know low back pain. Like, there's so many different types. Mm-hmm. But like, what helped you the most? Um, I did a lot of research. I did my homework. I went to a lot of professionals to ask them for their help. I went to a lot of lifters who had similar problems, and I asked them for their help and input. Um, you got to do your research. Mm-hmm. You can't just go on Google and, and go on WebMD and say, oh, crap, I got back pain. Do I have cancer? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, a lot of people do that. <laughs> so you got to do your research. You got to be mm-hmm. diligent. Um, it also depends on the severity as well. Right. You have to – I think the first step is identifying that you have a problem, mm-hmm. identifying and accepting that that you are – you are in a state of, of, of pain. Um, a lot of people associate pain with, okay, it's normal. It's soreness. Keep going, keep going, keep going yeah. until it's too late. Mm-hmm. So you want to identify what the problem is first. No, identify that you have the problem. Mm-hmm. Then you want to sort of take it back a step depending on the severity. Like let's say, for example, if you have a minor back tweak, I'm not saying stop lifting for six months. Keep training. Tone back the volume and intensity a bit to see what you can tolerate so you don't become completely detrained mm-hmm. and do your homework, right? If you go on go on Theo's uh, Instagram page, go on, you know, James Lou's Instagram page, there's so much information you can find online about about, you know, injuries and how to deal with it. It's yeah. your responsibility as 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 a lifter to understand it and and learn from it. So apply it to yourself um, and do what you got to do, you know? Like obviously the things you find on the internet may not be completely relevant to you everyone is individualized everyone has their own problems so you may have to tweak certain things that work for you similar to your to programming and 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 getting stronger obviously not one generic program works for each other works for everyone so you want to treat the same thing the same way with your rehab you want to be more specific and then like no one's gonna no one's gonna help you if you're not gonna ask i'm gonna say that right so you gotta get around ask ask you know go on it go on instagram and and look for other lifters who have the same problem and reach out to them and talk to them. Mm-hmm. Go to go reach out to people who post and share information about rehab and injuries online, yeah. whether it be on Instagram, social media or, or research articles and mm-hmm. 
reach out to them see what you can do that's it man so you just gotta be diligent do your research and uh, most importantly identify and accept that you have an injury and and problem Um, and deal with it and deal with it you gotta you can't just just because you have the injury doesn't mean it's the end of the world it doesn't mean you quit lifting if you did that then you fail at life (laughs) right right? just because you fail a test in school doesn't mean that you're a complete fuck up no it's just one test (laughs) you know what I mean so um, I try to I try to teach that to the people that I mentor and and the people that ask me yeah and ask for my help amazing right so yeah that's it okay so you and I we've both been strength training for a long time now Mm -hmm. like how has strength training helped you and those around you like what do you love so much about strength training what keeps you coming back strength training so like this is even outside of powerlifting mm-hmm. just strength training just for, for just for the sake of health um, of course there's there's literature and there's sci- and there's science behind why people strength train at the end of the day why do why do elderly people need to strength train pretty basic you strength train to help develop musculature to help support your bones mm-hmm. right you develop osteoporosis osteopenia which is the uh, which is the de- decline in your muscle mass um, you do that to to live. <laughs> you need to strength train um, to live at the end of the day, right? If you, if if you know if you can't get out of bed because like your muscle you you have you know a sore back or if you can't get out of bed because you're not strong enough to lift your own body weight out of your bed because you may be obese, um, you gotta strength train. Yeah. So it just goes back to not just setting goals for yourself i'm talking about just your ability to live your life mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like that's that's just assuming that you're not already active obviously if you're active if you're if you're a runner uh, or if you prefer to participate in any other sports whether it be you know soccer volleyball or anything else you technically you don't have to strength train mm-hmm. but you should strength train because you know science has shown and literature has shown that stronger athletes are better athletes would you agree with that yeah absolutely. yeah uh, irrespective of skill set you know whoever the the stronger athlete is mm-hmm. will typically be uh, a better performing athlete yep. unless you are 100 percent just basing your success off of you know s- complete skill set and talent yeah. and that's a different story those are your outliers mm-hmm. right you know your wayne gretzky's and your crosby's and your michael jordan and stuff like they weren't really strong, but their skill set and their talent was just out of this world, and that's why they were so successful. But that's one out of a hundred. How about the other ninety-nine percent? How are you gonna get better at what you at your sport or at your uh, hobby? Yeah. You get stronger, mm-hmm. right? You strength train, and I think that's why that's why strength training has sort of stuck around, and 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 I think that's why it's becoming more popular. It's because more people are finding finding it to be more important. Right, people are finding value in it, um, not just for their health, but for your performance as well. Mm-hmm. And that's why I sort of fell in love with it. You know, I used when I first started training for track and field in high school. I used strength training as a tool to make me faster, mm-hmm. because I knew if I wanted to get faster, I had to get stronger. Yeah. Same thing when I started doing hypertrophy training in college. If I wanted to get bigger, I had to get stronger. Yeah. And eventually, I said, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna." just do strength training because it's what I that's that was the main constant along my entire athletic career no matter what the sport I always had to strength train yeah 
and that was the one love I had. Mm-hmm. I hated doing laps in track and field. I fucking hated it. I hated doing endurance. I hated doing um, in bodybuilding. What did I have to do that I didn't like? Calf, calf raises and leg extensions. Right. They're fucking pointless. Yeah. Uh, so I said, I just keep what keep the essentials and build my strength. Mm-hmm. So I got onto powerlifting, and um, yeah, man. So that's that's why I love love strength training in general. It's it is life at the end of the day. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> Would absolutely. you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you, I know you work with a lot, like different populations, and yeah. whether it be not even powerlifters, just regular people, yeah. people with you know nine to five jobs, um, they I'm sure they find value in strength training. Yeah. You know? like, I think in general they just feel better. Yeah, like they feel good about themselves, like something to look forward at the end of the day. Yeah, they come in, they like. I always ask people like, so is this the hardest you've worked in the last couple yeah. months, or like if it's their ever say they're just starting out i'm mm-hmm. like so is this the hardest you've ever worked for the last couple of years yeah and when they say yes it's like and they're happy about it too like they like working hard yeah it's and as you said earlier like with uh, rehab i have a couple people now who come to me and they're like oh yeah my physio says like yeah i just problem. need i just need to get stronger yeah like that's it really. that's what it is it's just a matter of what what muscle group needs to get stronger right. oftentimes there'll be like discrepancies and imbalances right so yeah yeah that's that's pretty much it if you get get stronger correctly obviously yeah. you can get stronger incorrectly a lot and happens a lot of the time you will become a healthier human being mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. end of story yep. period <laughs> that's it yeah so man we're we're at about the 40 minute mark Okay, so, nice. Mean, we're just going to close this up. I have a couple more questions. So outside of the gym, what are you working on improving this year? Like, do you have any weaknesses that you want to bring up? Yeah, so outside of the gym, I just, um, as as a typical human being, <laughs> I just want to be more organized. Yeah. Um, stay on top of things and, and plan. Yeah. You know, I, I do plan my lifts. I do plan my programming and yeah. my clients' programming. But I haven't fully successfully transferred that over, that over to planning my my life, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. to say. So um, this year I've be, I've started to you know plan ahead, plan not just my day, my weeks, my months. Mm-hmm. I'd set myself goals in yeah. terms of what I want to accomplish today, what I want to accomplish in a week, in a month, in a year's time, mm-hmm. and I set myself indicators and and sort of mini goals. Yeah. If I can hit, if I can do this, do X, it will lead me to X, like Y. I mean, so for example, um, let's say my goal this week is to say reach out to five people and get to know them just because, you know, I I want to. (laughs) So if I want to reach out to five people, I got to set a plan for that. You know what I mean? I can't just assume, oh, maybe if I'm in my free time, I'll I'll reach out to them. I got to set out time in the day to reach out to them. Maybe I might schedule like an hour where I'll just search online or I'll search on the phone books and talk to them mm-hmm. or and then you got from there you got to set a plan maybe I'll talk to one person a day in yeah. the week and then by the end of the week you would I would have achieved my goal right. same thing can be said about anything diet um, sleep let's say you want to sleep more yeah how do you achieve that right you want to look at sort of the barriers why aren't you sleeping enough why do you want to sleep more do you think you do you want to do it because it's healthy like obviously it's healthy but you have to have a reason behind it yeah so let's say you want to sleep more because you feel sluggish and tired in the morning Mm -hmm. all right so getting more sleep technically should make you feel better yeah how do you achieve that 
how do you achieve that if if you're sticking with the same routine over and over again? Something's got to change. Maybe you have to go to sleep earlier. But you can't go to sleep early because you've got so much shit to do throughout the day. It's not a time of the day. So you got to change that then. Like, it's like a chain reaction. You know what I mean? You got to plan ahead and just look at the variables and see, what do I need to do to be successful? What do I need to do to achieve certain goals and certain indicators? Yeah. So that's awesome. That's what I'm trying to do. Um, And I hope that the audience and yourself and anyone else listening can sort of apply that to themselves. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually, (laughs) like, that's a big thing I've been working on. Just planning, yeah. Over the last year, just planning, writing it down. Yeah, making mini goals and it's funny I think that's like that's something all lifters kind of deal with because already at a to certain, be successful yeah but like at a certain point you're putting in so much time so much effort into lifting and for me a couple of years ago when I was like much more into it than I am now mm-hmm. it's like why I'm doing so well with lifting how come I can't get my shit together outside that's of the gym right <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah you, you just look at like you look at what you're doing for lifting you mm-hmm. want to apply it you're you essentially want to, so let's say with lifting, you, you follow a program, whether it be you getting coached or you you make your own program. Right. In the program, you have what you're going to do that day, mm-hmm. how many reps, how many sets, at a certain RP, and you have that set up for the entire month. Yeah. There's no reason why you can't apply the same thing to your life. Yeah. It won't be sets and reps your way. It'll be you know goals, indicators, things you have to do, chores, anything. Right. You can do the exact same thing. It's true. And it's, it's, it's amazing how a lot of us neglect that and take it for granted. Yeah. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. uh, so I, I was, you you and I can say we've, we've been, we've slacked on that. But mm-hmm. uh, I think if you can appreciate how precious time is, yeah. <laughs> you'll start to realize that, oh, shit, I got to get my shit together. I got to start planning. So, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> that's it. Okay. So with that being said, like, what are your goals for 2018? Like, what are you most excited about right now? 2018, uh, this is a big year for us because, um, A, uh, of course, I've got nationals coming up in two years, but B, I'm going to be taking a step back from uh, from competition for about a year, or at least until provincials, to focus primarily on my own business, as not just as a coach, but as a mentor as well as a uh, band of barbells. We're going to try to expand band of barbells and uh, open our doors to more people and create a more nourishing, um, supportive powerlifting environment for everyone. For the past two years, I've sort of focused on myself as much as I can, as well as on the team and my own business. But uh, I'm going to see if I can put myself behind the other priorities in my life as well. And I'm going to see, I'm going to, try to be a lot more personal as well try to reach out to more people spend more time with you know my own family my my mom my dad my nephew my nephews my girlfriend and just try to be more more happy <laughs> i would say yeah. right so Sweet. that's my goal um yeah that, that's it that's selfless awesome. i'm gonna try to be more selfless okay. that's key selfless is key oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well dan thanks for taking your time out of the day to do the podcast with me yep it's been a pleasure. I've learned a lot, actually. I'm um, going to apply some of these things right now. Yeah. And so for all the listeners out there, where can people find you? How can people work with you or join up with Band of Barbells? Yeah. So if you want to contact me, if you have any, any questions regarding you know, powerlifting or anything we discussed in this podcast, whether it be about planning your life <laughs> or discussing injuries and how you can overcome injuries, mm-hmm. um, you can contact me either through social media you can get at me at my uh, my Instagram page, which, which is uh, Ramulia Got Grams. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. at Grams. You can contact me through my email. Um, what's my email? I got a lot of email. You can contact me at danrem at hotmail.com or my coaching email, which I won't include now because it's really long. <laughs> and I'll, um, I'll, I'll link all this stuff yeah. in the show notes. Yeah, exactly. Um, that, either that or you can, you know, you can hit up Theo. Mm-hmm. Um, Theo knows probably more about a lot of things that I would t- I talked about than I do. And you got to remember too, like it's community, right? So a lot of times I will, if I have a problem with an issue, if I can't, if I can't solve it as good as I know someone else can solve it, I'll, I'll send them over. So that's what, one of the things I love about this community is mm-hmm. we all work together to improve yeah. one another, right? So, yeah. All right. How about uh, Band of Barbells? Like if someone wants to join up, yeah, can B-O-B, they just walk in? Yeah, they, you can just contact me or you can hit us up on our Facebook page, okay. uh, Band of Barbells on Facebook or on Instagram. Okay. Just message us. I, I'm the one that controls the social media, so it doesn't matter if you message me or Band of Barbells. Yeah. Uh, you'll, you'll, uh, you'll reach me regardless. Yeah. And uh, Band of Barbells, they're out at... So we're, we're based out of a Canadian Ellesmere okay. in Scarborough. Scarborough for life. Awesome. Bup, bup, bup. Yep. <laughs> well, with that being said, thanks for listening, guys. Make sure you subscribe. Catch you all next time. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me, Theo. No Peace. problem. Peace.